The Start On Demand. The Shadow Davis Show on 680 CJOB with Mackling and McGarry. Minus the Mackling, Greg Mackling, returns on Tuesday. I will be away on Tuesday. I'll be back on Wednesday. Mackling and McGarry back in full force on January 3rd. Behind the glass, Jerry... I got to ask you about this on the air here. You are wearing a rather snazzy sweater today. <laughs> it's my Man of Steel sweater. So this was a, a Christmas gift, I take it? Yeah, it was. It's it's uh, meant to look like uh, the Man of Steel uh, outfit from uh, from the waist up. Okay. So yeah, it's all shaded and everything. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, it looks, it looks expensive, for one. Uh, and another thing that I like about it too is that it's it's uh, clearly a hoodie that's meant for a child. Uh, <laughs> so good for you for wearing it, for having the the cojones to wear it, because I would wear something that nerdy too. But it's not overpowering, right? No. Like you go yeah. into these, uh, for example, Sunrise Records next door. They sell hoodies uh, with that look like. I think I've seen Stormtrooper outfits and Darth Vader outfits, and I had I once upon a time had a Transformers hoodie that was a little much for a man in his <laughs> mid thirties to be wearing. So even though this is something that's aimed at a younger audience, it looks great, man. I like it, yeah, and uh, you're wearing you. your Superman, uh, your love of the Man of Steel proudly. Yes, oh, I think so. Sarah told me I'd get beat up if I wore it, but uh... well, who can beat up the Man of Steel? Well, that's that's what I said. <laughs> Why, why, why did she think you'd get beat? Why would she buy it for you if she thought you'd get beat up wearing it? I don't know. Maybe she thought I'd just wear it around the house. Mm. Well, no, no. You got you to gotta show that kind of thing off. So good for you, man. I, uh, I kind of want to go get one for myself now. <laughs> but I know Superman's your thing, so I'll see if I can find a Spider-Man one. Right. Um, coming up today... We are, well, at 7.15, I'm going to put on my couch potatoes hat and tell you what I would recommend, what I would suggest to go see at the movies this weekend, because there are no new films of note, but that's because they all came out last week, 10 new films out last week, so I'll give you some suggestions on what you can look at. Also... Mayor Brian Bowman, as well as Premier Brian Pallister, sat down with Global News for year-end interviews. Premier Pallister had a a year-end news conference, so Brittany Greenslade put a package together on that, and Global News anchor Loren McNabb sat down and spoke with Mayor Brian Bowman. So we will play those features for you throughout the morning on the Shadow Davis Show on 680 CJOB. After 9 o'clock, something that I'm also excited about, a segment that I'm calling... uh, the beer in review. 2017 was an exciting year for Winnipeg's craft beer scene. We're going to speak with the president of the Manitoba Brewers Association, John Heim, about that very subject. And what is not exciting, I'm sure, bad news for Winnipeg sports fans. You don't even have to be a hockey fan to recognize the name Mark Shifley in this community. And the Winnipeg Jets are going to be without Shifley, one of their best players, for a long time. Shifley went hard into the boards in the second period on Wednesday night against Edmonton, crashing in to the boards on his right shoulder. He left the game, did not return. Head coach Paul Maurice says the star forward will miss six to eight weeks. They have not specified the injury, simply saying it is an upper body injury. Blake Wheeler said to take over the center role on the team's top line. Here he is. We're just going to have to fight. You know, it's going to be one of those things that uh, it may not look as pretty um, in 
know, we may not be quite as uh, as dangerous as, as we're used to being, but um, there's still a lot of fight in our group. There's still a lot of capable bodies in here and to to get a job done, and um, that's the key for us. You know, uh, we want to keep this thing afloat so that when Mark comes back, you know, we'll be even stronger for it. And here's Jets forward Brian Little. The biggest thing is, you know, not trying to do too much and, and trying to replace and. and do what Mark does out there because, uh, you know, he's uh, one of the best in the league at, at this position. Jets play again at 7 o'clock tonight at Bell MTS Place against the New York Islanders. Now listen, I know I like to joke around calling it ice hockey, calling it the North American Ice Hockey League, and when the playoffs arrive, it's the North American Ice Hockey Championships. In my defense, the first hockey game for the Nintendo Entertainment System, was it not called Ice Hockey, Jerry? The first NES hockey game? <laughs> oh, the NES. You know what? Yeah, I think it was. I know I know that I had an Atari 2600 game that was called Ice Hockey. <laughs> okay, see? The video games are called call Ice Hockey. Yeah, I just confirmed. I've, I, pull, I dialed, Googled NES Ice Hockey. That's the one where you had the, I believe it was three on three, and one was a skinny guy. One was kind of short and stout, <laughs> and uh, they had three Zambonis that would come out in between periods. Oh, three. I do remember that. <laughs> yes. So, ice hockey. I, suppo- I suppose I'm half joking, because I admit I'm not a big hockey fan. I know, sacrilege, blasphemy. How dare I call myself Canadian? When I say I'm not a hockey fan, it doesn't mean I hate it. I just don't go out of my way to watch hockey or any sports for that matter. When I did watch sports, it was basketball. Basketball all the way. But believe it or not, when the Winnipeg Jets 2.0 came to the River City, I was at their first game back, the preseason opener, September 20th, 2011, if I am correct on that. The Jets split squad pounded the Columbus Blue Jackets 6-1. to I think that's what it was, that game. It was the first Jets game I'd ever attended, and I felt truly privileged to be there. The energy was electrifying. The fans were on their feet for, I bet you, 10 minutes when the Jets first emerged and took to the ice. And among those players was Mark Shifley. He was a standout player that game, as far as I recall, but eventually he went down to the minors to gain some experience. But it was pretty clear just from watching that game that he was a rising star within the Winnipeg Jets organization, and he represented the future of the club. So fast forward to December 29th, 2017, and it's a significant blow for the team to lose him now that he isn't just a rising star, but is the star. So I may not be a diehard hockey fan, But naturally, I root for our home teams. So here is to a swift recovery for Mark Scheifele, and here's to continued success, of course, for the Winnipeg Jets. Coolio. Manitoba Public Insurance has come out with its top five fraud list of 2017. Here's Shadow Davis with details. Good morning. You know, I look forward to this story every single year. Maybe it's the dumb criminal element. Maybe it's the caught red-handed angle. But ladies and gentlemen, 680 CJOB and MPI present the top five frauds of 2017. And, and we're doing it to the tune of No Frauds by Nicki Minaj and Lil Wayne. What do you think of that? Number five! The not-so-accidental collision 
MPI investigators looked into a case of a two-vehicle crash after a number of unusual details surfaced. It was discovered the two drivers knew each other and their vehicles were both in poor running condition. A seasoned traffic reconstructionist testified the crash was a staged collision. <laughs> One driver pleaded guilty to fraud over $5,000. He received a two-year suspended sentence with supervised probation, 100 hours of community service work, and a restitution order of $17,000 to repay MPI. The second guy is still on the run. These two imbeciles actually sat down and planned to run into each other. You can bet they'll find the second guy. Something tells me he's not that smart. Number four! The guilty conscience. After a number of unusual details surfaced, a father and son were asked to give a statement to investigators about the theft of a pickup truck. And during this interview, the son made a surprising offer to write a promissory note to MPI for nearly $11,000 in damages. The investigator found the father, who was the registered owner, stated the truck had been stolen from his residence. One day after the reported theft, the same truck rear-ended another vehicle and fled the scene with several people witnessing the crash. Son, I told you to keep your big trap shut! Sorry, Dad, I couldn't live with myself! Number, Number three. three! Wow, you guys gotta work on your synchronization there. Uh, the make-believe Manitoba, a man was injured in the U.S. after being involved in a crash. His family claimed he'd been visiting the states and opened an injury claim with MPI. While processing the claim, the case manager investigated and found the man had not lived in Manitoba for several years, making him ineligible for personal injury protection, or PIPP benefits. According to MPI, all Manitoba residents are entitled to benefits under PIP, because of this, some individuals try to claim they're Manitobans in order to receive the PIP. But if you're not, Blue Cross is always a splendid idea. Number two! Wow, that was much better, I gotta tell you. This one's called the Luxury Lemon. The owner of a Porsche told his adjuster his car was stolen from his apartment block in Winnipeg. A theft claim was then opened. RCMP then notified MPI that a badly damaged and vandalized Porsche had been located outside the city a full day before the owner claimed his car had been stolen. Not that weird. Maybe the guy didn't drive it every day and didn't notice it wasn't there, right? Well, during the examination of the Porsche, it was discovered the vehicle was in need of major mechanical repairs, which would have cost the owner several thousand dollars. Based on the police information and mechanical condition of the vehicle, the theft claim was rejected, saving MPI more than $20,000. <gasps> Number one! Hey, cheese! A pedestrian said he was hit by a car, injured and unable to work. However, the driver insisted there was no accident at all. The pedestrian's lying, so investigators went to the scene and checked out security cameras mounted on buildings nearby. After viewing footage from one of the cameras, investigators were able to see the pedestrian approaching the parking lot, and clearly there had been no collision between the vehicle and pedestrian. A seasoned collision reconstructionist, yes they have those, also confirmed there could not have been any contact between the pedestrian and vehicle. The claim was denied, saving MPI more than $15,000. And that's all the time we have, folks, but we'll be back next year with the top five frauds from MPI for 2018. Back to Brett McGarry. Thank you very much, Shadow Davis. Looking forward to next year's countdown. 
We will be ringing in 2018 this weekend. Some people might be celebrating in public, while others might choose to have a low-key New Year's at home. So today we're having coffee talking. How will you be spending New Year's Eve? And once again, you can text us at 204-780-6868 or email me, brett at cjob.com, if you want to share your details. Shanalee Vidal is here behind the glass. Jerry, Clay Young, and Kelly Moore. And Shanalee, why don't we start with you? New Year's Eve traditionally is is this a going out kind of night for you, or a staying in, or perhaps maybe it's a mix of of both. Well, it's funny because I was looking at the list of all of the events that we have going on for New Year's Eve, and there is so much, so much to do. But honestly, in my life, I think I've only gone out to a New Year's party once. Mm-hmm. And I've maybe gone to someone's house twice in my life. Normally, it's a, I don't ever have plans for New Year's. Um, so it's so my plans are going to be at home, hanging out with my cat and my boyfriend and my mom. And uh, maybe, I like how the cat came first. <laughs> yeah, in the, order. the cat has priority. Um, eat some, have some snacks, have some appetizers, do a puzzle. I'll probably uh, play some uh, Mario Odyssey on the Nintendo Switch because I got that for Christmas. Oh my God, that's and neat! It's awesome. And and if I have it my way, we're gonna have a marathon of uh, my new favorite TV show, which is. Feud with both um, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. It's because yep. uh, uh, it was on. They had a marathon on a couple weeks ago, and I taped them all. So good. Yeah, that got uh, some good reviews earlier this year on FX. Uh, so that doesn't. That sounds all right. I'll probably be in bed by nine. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the glass, Jerry. We just stay at home. Yeah. Yeah. Every year, it's, it's it costs way too much to go out. For the exact same thing you would go out for a, any other night of the year. Yeah. So if we were to go to a restaurant and spend how many hundreds of dollars, Yeah. why not just stay home and I can make a better meal there? And so we usually do fondue at home. Ooh, fondue. It's the only, the only, the, the only night of the year we do that. Fondue and Netflix. Okay. What are you going to watch on Netflix? I don't know yet. Oh, yeah, it's okay. it's it's going to be a surprise. I think we're, on New Year's Eve, we'll just have to be going through and say, "Oh, that looks good. That looks good." I'm There's right. a Superman movie we haven't seen. Uh, <laughs> no, one doesn't exist. <laughs> Clayman, uh, are you working on New Year's Day, or what's going on with you? Yes, I work New Year's Day. What time? Uh, Ten to six. So okay. I, I'm a little lucky in that regard. Okay. But when I was younger uh, and single. I mean, going out on New Year's Eve was just, uh, it was a prerequisite. I mean, you got to do it, yeah. right? You know, you'd go to a nightclub or a, or you'd go to a big house party. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm older, I'm attached, Just I, I think the, the most exciting thing we would probably do this year is get close to the forks and watch the fireworks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not drive right into the for- uh, forks because it could be mayhem trying to get out. Okay. You just yeah. wanted to say mayhem. mayhem. <laughs> Had to get that in there somehow. <laughs> what about you, Kelly? Uh, you know, we've done a variety of different things on New Year's Eve. For a lot of years, uh, when I was doing hockey play-by-play, uh, most of the teams that I uh, was covering played a game on New Year's Eve. So usually it was Chinese food after the game and we'd ring in the New Year and that sort of thing, unless I was on the road, then it was a phone call. Uh, I know a couple of years ago, we took our grandkids down to the Forks, tried to get into one of the restaurants down there who were not taking reservations for New Year's Eve, 
So it was about a two, two and a half hour wait. But mm. by the time we got in there, the, the firework, the early fireworks were just starting. So it turned out to be a pretty fun night. Um, we've done the house party thing. But I'm going to be listening intently at 7.15 <laughs> for the Hitman's best bets for movies on New Year's Eve because uh, my wife and I are going to go and do a little dinner and then go watch a movie this year on New Year's Eve. Oh, exciting. You're going to yeah. venture out? We are going to venture out. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's funny how New Year's Eve can be that way, and I and I wonder how much of the, the fact that it's so cold typically on New Year's Eve ends up leading towards this kind of notion that it's better to stay in because it's going to be cold, and I, I have gone out on New Year's Eve when it has been cold, and it made me kind of wish that I had not... Yeah. Gone out on New Year's Eve, so it is. It, it's tough because I don't like to just stay in and and do uh, nothing. Because Clay, you referenced uh, being single and unattached. I am single and unattached, so naturally there is an urge to to go out and and maybe meet somebody. But uh, usually, what I end up doing now, what's become my tradition for the last, I guess, four years, is I get together with my friends Kent and Eileen and their kids, Regan, Elliot, and Amelia, and we go bowling. Oh, yeah, a lot of people that's, do that. I like that idea. Yeah, it's yeah, super great fun. Idea. And uh, usually that's how I start the evening. A couple of years ago, I went bowling. Uh, there's a place on Furmore and St. Anne's, and there, there's a hotel there. I think it's uh, Alpine Lanes or something. Okay. Uh, so we went there, and then I went to my friend's place. In He lives at basically St. Anne's on the perimeter uh, for a party there. We used to rang in the new year at midnight, and then I got in my car, and I drove all the way out to Crestview. Uh, for Mike Grovner's uh, party, oh, our old buddy Mike Grovner. Yeah. So I was all over the map. Wow. Um, and then last year I had a, another multi-stop thing. This year I only have the bowling plan. So it might be bowling until, I don't know, 11 so like, o'clock. Is it, is it glow bowling or is that just after you've had a few and then the balls? <laughs> <laughs> I believe it is glow bowling. <laughs> but yeah, I, historically the best times that I've had outside of the bowling have been house parties. I've tried some big parties at hotels before with mixed results. So I don't know. Uh, if I had my druthers, though, I'd go to this this party the convention center storing. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and Shanley, I guess, is that what you're doing uh, after 8 o'clock on three things, the the New Year's Eve thing? Or? I, I, I will probably be talking about some things you might want to check out for New Year's Eve if you're looking for something to do. Right on. Yeah. Because as you were mentioning, there are a ton of things so, to do around and, and Winnipeg. I'm having trouble. Like, I'm having trouble choosing these because there's so many well, things on the list. you're staying inside with your mom, your cat, your boyfriend anyway. Well, so. it's, it's, you know, it's also I haven't had any off. Offers. No Could one's invited me over oh. to their house or anything. But but the thing is, uh, what I, I, the few times I did uh, spend years with others and go out in public, it was actually quite lovely to be around other people at New Year's because everyone was so yeah. happy. <laughs> they were just so excited. It was a, you know, I remember I was at the convention center one year and we got a hotel and it was and it was my first real New Year's experience and everyone was just delightful. They dropped a ball and everyone was just celebrating and and it was like so neat that reminds me of a story i went to a, a new year's party at the convention center i want to say 15 years ago it was a power 97 right. themed party yeah. and uh, a jet set satellite performed that night and i remember i was 
getting a drink. I was in line for a drink, and I wasn't aware of the time. Well, sure enough, midnight rolled around while I was in line for a drink, and all the bartenders stopped and gave each other hugs and high yeah. fives and kisses, and I'm just oh, standing no. there by myself. Oh, no. I just, just give me a drink. Oh, no. <laughs> you mean some, someone else in line didn't at least give you a New Year's hug? No, it was just me. Uh, Everyone else had scattered to go back to find their friends. Oh, no. So, yeah, I just kind of Hey, stuck. buddy, you just missed the midnight. <laughs> <laughs> you know what would be really cool, though? And one of these years, I don't know, maybe it would be uh, neat to do it, would be to go to New York and be in Times Square yeah. for New Year's Eve when the ball drops there. Oh, there's just way too many people there for me. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, that, that would, I just feel claustrophobic with all those people. I, I, I watch that every year. I watch Ryan Seacrest now. I used to watch Dick Clark. Sure. And, uh, man, all those people. It, it just looks like a sea of people. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how you could even move around in that. Yeah, it'd be neat if you could maybe get uh, be above ground yeah, level. Yes, somehow. What if you? if you could be where where Dick Clark used to always be and where Ryan Seacrest is up there looking down on everything, absolutely, I'd go to New York for that. I love New York City, but I don't know if I'd you know if I, unless I could be up there, I don't think I'd do it on New Year's Eve. Just put on your Superman cape and kind of fly over all of them. Yeah, it's not the cape that does it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a crazy thought. I wonder if the Donald will be up at midnight. Uh, to bring in the new year. Won't he be at one of his golf courses? Well, yes, but will he stay up or <laughs> he, hey, he will could, he start sending out tweets right at midnight? He could play glow golf. Oh, that's actually a thing. It's, act, it's, a, it's act, uh, the mini golf, the glow-in-the-dark mini golf. They have uh, one on McPhillips. <laughs> so fun. It's one of my, my favorite activities, actually. Oh, yeah, I've never, never tried the, the golf, Go there real for New golf, Year's but Eve. it's super fun to play the mini golf. The mini golf, yeah, it's called U-Putts. It's a neat place, but there yeah. is also nighttime golf. I don't think, I don't know if it's ever happened in Winnipeg, but there are courses that yeah. do offer that. And uh, we'll, we'll wrap from a text here from Don, who appears to be sitting in for Jeff Braun. He says, Kelly's first New Year's Eve was the first New Year's Eve. <laughs> really, Dawn? <laughs> Thank you, Dawn. Someone has to fill in for Jeff Braun. Dawn Braun. Shanalee Vidal, Kelly Moore, Clay Young, and Behind the Glass, Jerry talking about ringing in the New Year. Potatoes are looking back at 2017 this weekend with a pair of countdowns. Details on that in a moment. First, if you're going to see a movie over the next few days, let me give you some suggestions. Starting with what's playing at Landmark Cinema's Grant Park, specifically because they've got four theaters up and running now with their full recliners. And I'm told by several people they are Wonderful. The movies you can see in those recliner theaters are Darkest Hour, starring Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill. For without victory, there can be no survivor. Molly's Game, a true story of an Olympic-class skier who ran an exclusive high-stakes poker game before being arrested, starring Jessica Chastain and Idris Elba, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. Hosting a game in this suite every Tuesday night. First buy-in, two hundred fifty thousand. That's gonna make noise. Let's play. The third movie playing in the recliner seats is Hugh Jackman's The Greatest Showman, where he plays P.T. Barnum. I can't just run off and join the circus. Why not? 
I mean, you clearly have a flair for show business. For show business? Mm-hmm. I've never heard of it. Because I just invented it. And of course, the fourth movie in the recliners, Star Wars The Last Jedi. <laughs> You'll definitely want to buy tickets ahead of time for that one. I tried to get tickets for tonight's 7 o'clock show, but I could not get decent seats. Other movies I would suggest for this long weekend, Guillermo del Toro's The Shape of Water, Ridley Scott's All the Money in the World, that's the one where Christopher Plummer replaced Kevin Spacey after sexual harassment allegations were made. They reshot it and still made the release date deadline. Incredible. James Franco's The Disaster Artist is still playing. Oh, hi, Mark. And if you need some ideas for the family, you can check out Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, or a couple of animated films. Ferdinand, that's about a friendly bull who doesn't want to get in the ring. He'd rather just smell the flowers. Or from Disney Pixar, Coco. Cineplex Odeon McGillivray and VIP Cinema has a couple of interesting selections. They're replaying Dunkirk, and they're also showing Doctor Who. They're playing this year's Doctor Who Christmas special, Twice Upon a Time, which marks the debut of the first female Doctor, played by Jodie Whittaker. They're also going to be replaying Blade Runner 2049. And next week on Monday, and I believe on Thursday, check your listings to be sure, they're going to show the original Blade Runner, the final cut. That seems to be the problem. Death. I want An experiment. Nothing more. Nothing more. More human than human is our motto. So lots to choose from as we head into the long New Year's weekend. Also, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Lady Bird as well, starring Saoirse Ronan, a film getting excellent reviews, lots of Oscar buzz. Now, as mentioned earlier, the Couch Potatoes have a couple of countdown specials on New Year's Day. At 11 a.m., we will count down our favorite television shows, of 2017, which was difficult, especially difficult for me because I watched 60 different shows this year on and off. Hard to pick just 10. And then at 5 p.m. New Year's Day, we will count down our favorite films of 2017. Those two episodes of The Couch Potatoes, by the way, are already available on iTunes and Google Play if you want to get an early peek. Breakfast Club Criterion Edition is coming out on Blu-ray on January 2nd, and it's going to have it's going to be an extended cut. It will have an extra 50 minutes. That's cool. Criterion Club does amazing re-releases of old movies, but they they tend to be very sort of like they they like foreign movies and they like really artsy stuff. So the fact that they're doing something kind of mainstream like The Breakfast Club is cool. And the fact that it was I mean it was a mainstream film, but it was still a landmark movie for the 80s and anybody who grew up in the 80s or anybody who maybe had kids in the 80s uh can certainly relate to that film. So I am looking forward to that release coming up at some point on the Shadow Davis show this morning. Global News had a sit-down chat with Mayor Brian Bowman. So we want to play that conversation for you. You can find it as well at globalnews.ca slash Winnipeg. And 
Premier Brian Pallister had a year-end press conference, sit-down chat with the media. So we'll hear Brittany Greenslade's package on that as well at some point this morning on the Shadow Davis Show. In the meantime, it is the Shadow Davis Show. So with the extreme cold comes a risk of vehicle theft. With more on that, here's Shadow Davis. Good morning. Another extreme cold warning has been issued for most of Manitoba. This includes Winnipeg. And another warning from Winnipeg Police with the wind chill forecast to be in the minus 40 range. The WPS once again reminds the public of the risks of leaving vehicles unattended with the engine running. Take your keys with you or use the club. Please stay warm, be safe, drink responsibly, and enjoy a safe and joyful holiday season. That from Winnipeg Police. They say 27 vehicles have been stolen from December 23rd right up until yesterday. And yes... That's a lot. It's more than normal. If you have a newer vehicle that allows the engine to run with the keys removed, police say that's helpful. But if you have to leave the keys in the car for the engine to run, keep an eye on it. So I put this up on social media the other day because I found it interesting and annoying (laughs) all at the same time. If you leave your car running and unattended, should MPI be able to deny your claim at least partially? I say yes, based upon nothing more than stupidity. Stupid is a stupid dumpster. I know, stupidity, kind of a strong word, and many people took offense to it in the very sensitive era we live in. <laughs> Here's the definition. Stupid. Having or showing a great lack of intelligence or common sense. So the question I ask is running your car with the keys in it and leaving it unattended, stupid. Now, this is not to say somebody is stupid all the time. And hey, we all do stupid things without really thinking they're stupid at the time. But when does reality actually set in? If you put a diamond ring, for example, on your front step, would you expect it to be there in the morning? Or a gold bar? Or three full bitcoins if they actually existed in the real world? Because that's what a vehicle is. I mean, how much did you pay for that thing again? How much are you still paying for it? You realize, of course, that we live in a big city with a gang problem and one of their biggest sources of income is stolen cars. And maybe they're out there looking for exactly this kind of thing right now. Hey, it's their busy season. There's all kinds of cars running with the keys in them. Let's go get them. 27 cars in five days is a lot. Some responses I got on social media were disappointing to say the least. One, nope, refused to blame a victim by stating you asked for it regardless of circumstance. For some, it's too cold to sit in a frozen car. Insurance is insurance. Well, then what about looking at the car through the window? What about that? One guy said, Shadow Davis, way to stir up the pot by using the word stupidity. Perhaps inviting would have been a better choice. I replied simply, stupid is as stupid Stupid does. does, Another one, not denying I don't leave my truck unattended. But again, if it gets stolen running or not, what's the point of insurance? Indeed, this is true. Here in Manitoba and in most other jurisdictions, you're covered by insurance even if you leave the keys in a running vehicle. The first time. If it happens again, you'll probably find yourself under investigation because now it's become a pattern and maybe you're in on it. And if you don't know what's involved when you get your car stolen here in Manitoba, just go to the MPI website and check out all the hoops you have to, the flaming hoops you have to jump through. It's absolutely eye-popping and aggravating at the same time. And remember, because it's Manitoba public insurance, we're all paying for it. And what happens next? Rates go up. And who benefits? The criminals. 
So if you want to help a criminal steal your car, cost us all money, and give yourself unnecessary stress all at the same time, this is the perfect way to do it. Back to Brett McGarry. Thank you very much, Shadow Davis. And just got some exciting news. We are now expecting to hear from Winnipeg's very own Y2J, Chris Jericho, in the next hour coming up at 8.45. He'll be calling us from Florida as he's getting ready to head over to Japan for a major wrestling event there called Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th. Wrestling is huge over there, and the main event is Winnipeg's Chris Jericho against Winnipeg's Kenny Omega. So that's pretty cool that it's two Winnipeg guys who are going to be leading this massive international wrestling event. So I'm excited to have that chat, a longtime fan of Chris Jericho. Also, I just want to point out as well with this, uh, I mentioned that Breakfast Club Criterion Collection Blu-ray. Uh, I said that it would be an extended cut. I think I'm, I may have been wrong about that. I do know that this Criterion Blu-ray has 50 minutes of extended or deleted scenes. I don't know from what I've read just very quickly if it's going to be an extended cut or if it's just going to have, they're going to have this extra footage on the disc. Either way, Criterion Collection, Breakfast Club on January 2nd. Hey, 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 hey. New Year's resolution 680 CJOB's Clay Young wants to give up smoking for good he's tried many times in the past but he has not succeeded and hey that's okay Clay I'm proud of you for continuing to try so what do you got for us here Clay well um, you know I've tried the uh, Champex yeah right the medication right and uh, one of the side effects you get these weird dreams okay but that really hasn't affected me because I get weird dreams all the time. Yeah. I've tried uh, hypnosis. Well, Champix has danger, can be dangerous as well, and it makes a lot of people have suicidal thoughts. Right? Yeah. But thankfully, that hasn't crossed my mind either. Okay. But I've tried hypnosis, tried the patch. I had those inhalers that I'm going to also try again. I have a full box of them at uh, Shoppers. And so I've been talking with uh, Kyra Gawako. She is with the Manitoba Division of the Canadian Society, uh, Cancer Society. And I said, you know, help me. And she's, <laughs> that's one of the things, one of the things I do, one of my sayings. Uh, she says, well, one of your best weapons is to use what they have, and it's called the smoker's Helpline. We have either an online version or they can call. And of course, both of that website and uh, phone number is on their cigarette package. So you don't even have to go looking for it. It's right there on your pack. And of course, it's free, confidential. So it's kind of like a, a, a buddy system. You okay. know, you call the smokers uh, helpline and maybe you haven't had a, a smoke through the day, but now you're starting to get the craving. So you phone and hopefully someone will calm you down. Let the urge pass. Everything is okay. Uh, but she adds, and, I, and I've read this, maybe you've read this too, smoking is one of the most difficult, because you're addicted. It's even apparently harder to kick than if you had a cocaine habit. Depends on the person. Everyone's going to need a different resource when they're quitting smoking. 
you may have to go through a couple different attempts of trying different programs, different resources to try to find what's best for you. But hopefully there, there is enough out there that they do find what works best. By the way, the uh, number to the smokers helpline is not far away if you're a smoker. It's, it's right on your cigarette package, so there's really no excuse. But I want to throw something at you okay. because you were a smoker and you have successfully given it up. How did you do it? Well, at first, I I made the switch from primarily from smoking to vaping. I was on the electronic cigarettes for about a year, and uh, although I still had the odd smoke, but uh, one of the reasons why I switched to vaping is because, of course, it's. I don't want to suggest that vaping is good for you, but if you have to pick between one or the other, it's pretty obvious which one is not as bad for you because within. Two weeks of switching to vaping, my lungs were clear, and that was pretty amazing because I smoked. I I used to take big long hauls off of cigarettes, and my lungs were super clogged up, just coughing, hacking, wheezing all the time. Um, so when I went to to vaping, Janelle uh, has just come in to pass something on here. Uh, there is what is this? It's a traffic, traffic note. note. Pemina Highway, northbound and southbound, Stafford to Jubilee. Uh, Pemina Highway is going to be completely closed to all traffic for installation of bridge girders starting tonight at 8 p.m. Okay, thank you. Um, so the, the where was I? Completely distracted now. Sorry you were about talking that. about your vaping. Yeah, vaping. So when I switched to vaping, it, it really helped me with my lungs, and uh, I would recommend it for any smoker who is having a hard time quitting. Just try vaping, because then you can still have your habit without the harmful effects that come with tobacco. So the vaping weaned you off. Yeah, pretty much. But what ended up happening is the vaping be- became too expensive for me because I started to... Because there's a kind of a, a hobby element that sort of that can accompany vaping if you really get into it. So I was spending too much money. I was al- spending almost as much money on vaping as I was on smoking in a month. And I thought this is counterproductive. I didn't get into vaping to to get a new hobby. I got into it to to get off of smoking and to save some money. So I just tried to quit it all, but then I went back to smoking for about a year. <clears throat> and it finally um uh, I took. I just needed to go on the nicotine patch, and I would go on the patch, and I had the gum, and I would go for a few days, and then I'd smoke, and then I'd go for a few more days, and then I'd smoke. It just took a year of trying and failing and trying and failing and trying and failing to finally get it to stick. I just I uh, found myself going 30 days, 40 days, 50 days. Wow. And I just, and never went back. So October 30th, 2016 was the last time I had a smoke, and uh, here we are. I heard that... Uh can take up to 10 times before you're a success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard, man. It's a, it's a tough mountain to climb, so I wish you success, and I wish anybody success. But, yeah, try the try the patch if, if you haven't tried that yet. The patch, and I found uh, having the gum on hand to, to give you that extra kick. Or may, I don't know if you can combine those inhalers with the patch. You might want to talk to a pharmacist about that. You could that. have a nicotine overdose. Yeah, I mean, and that's a that's a, a dangerous thing, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, they they talk about, for example, the 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 juice that people use for vaping is not meant to be consumed, you know, just sure. to, straight up. You know, nicotine overdose is a serious thing, so you don't want to mess with that kind of business. I think you should get a second job uh, answering phones on the smokers' helpline because you've just helped me. 
I well, hey man, <laughs> if I can help anybody quit, uh, good for you. And it is different for every person, right? I mean, some people can just kick it. Shadow Davis has referred to this book. I believe it's called The Easy Way to Quit Smoking. Alan Carr. Yeah, and it's a book that that tells you that it's all in your head. Yeah. That it's not a physical addiction. It's not. It's all in your head. And hey, if if that helps you quit, great. That's not. I, I I believe that's nonsense because I know like I knew that I had not just a it was it wasn't just something I like to do I had a serious physical addiction to this mm-hmm. and I couldn't just quit but that's me if mm-hmm. maybe you're everybody's wired differently so whatever method as long as you quit that's all that matters and if you're if you're a smoker and you're not ready to quit well do it whenever you're ready. I don't want yeah. to sound preachy, right? I don't want yeah. to say you should quit right now. Yeah. Of course, that I want never you to. works. I want you to, but whenever it's, do it on your own time. Yeah. When you're ready. All right. Okay, man. Thank you, bud. Clay, I wish you well. I'm proud of you for trying. It is, it's tough. It's hard. It is a difficult thing to do, especially when you like doing something, right? Like if somebody said, you really need to stop eating, uh, you know, cauliflower all day, every day, I'd say, okay, no problem. Although I actually like cauliflower. I don't know why I had to single out cauliflower. One, two, three. Right now, three things with Shanalee Vidal. Three things to do on New Year's Eve. Hi, hey. Shanalee. Hi, Brett. Looks like we got our own St. James Transcona rivalry right here. You're from St. James? I'm from St. James. Well, now you're in Fort Rouge, aren't you? <laughs> I am in Fort Rouge now, but uh, but my heart is, is in St. James. That's where I grew up and spent... Uh, most of my life, actually. Yeah. So <laughs> we could have the battle of the neighborhoods. <laughs> okay. So, All right. So, anyways, okay. So today's three things to three things to do on New Year's Eve, and you know what? I had a, such a hard time narrowing it down because I was looking for things to do. There were so many events going on for New Year's Eve, so many ways to ring on the New Year that it was super difficult. So this is just a, a sampling of what is going on in the city. Okay. So our first one, okay, for the for the grown-ups who want to get all dressed up and all fancy, because that's like kind of a ritual for New Year's Eve, getting the the dress or the tuxedo and getting your hair done and looking looking all nice, right? Yep. There's a big New Year's Eve celebration at the RBC Convention Center. The whole place is going to be transformed into a winter wonderland. There's going to be carnival games, a photo booth, and of course, dancing. Ron Paley is going to be there with his 21-piece band. He's going to be playing top 40 hits and classic tunes, and so I'm going to give you, you're going to, you have a choice. If you want to go early for around 6 p.m., you can have hors d'oeuvres and settle in for a five-course meal. It sounds pretty amazing. I don't have time to salivate over all of the details right now, but I will tell you it ends with a triple chocolate mousse dust dressed with cinnamon dusted churros. Yeah, you had me right there. Yeah. Or you can just, uh, you can just show up later for around nine for the dancing. If you're going for the dinner, it's going to cost you 140 and just the dancing, 160. Now it does seem like a lot of money, but uh, we actually had uh, folks from the RBC Convention Center on the show yesterday, and they said that it actually costs a lot to put this event on. Here is President and CEO Klaus Lahr. If you're not used to an event of that quality and of that uh, category and 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 size and 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 profile, it seems like a lot. But I think you dollar for dollar, you get you pay less than it costs. Let's put it that way. 
And so that dress code, of course, is a formal or business attire. So make sure you dress to impress if you're going. And for more details, just go to wcc.mb.ca and click on the event calendar. And as well, as far as that cost goes, I believe it was uh, every table. If there is, uh, if you're part of a group that purchases a table for eight, uh, then you get two bottles of wine That's with right. that. So you're getting a five-course meal, two bottles of wine, entertainment from Ron Paley, and then a full night of dancing. So the price actually isn't all that bad. They say that this is a break-even event for the convention center. It's really more of a, a showcase for them. It's the only event that they actually get to plan themselves throughout the whole year. So it actually does sound like a lot of fun. Yeah, it does. It really does. I haven't got dressed up for New Year's in a long time. So, And they also have guaranteed parking, too. They do. So for number two, now, if you're looking for something more family-friendly, maybe you got the kids around and something a little more cost-effective, Bundle yourself up really well in the little ones. Head on down to the Forks for the Wawanese Insurance Family New Year's Eve. The fun gets underway on New Year's Eve at 5 p.m. So there's an evening of activities including horse-drawn wagon rides, ball hockey, snow sculpting, a family-friendly DJ dance and skate party, some art activities. You can make yourself a fancy hat. And at 8 p.m., there's going to be a pyrotechnics show outdoors for those who can't stay up until 2018. And, of course, for those of us who are night owls, there's going to be the big fireworks show at midnight. That That's by uh, Archangel Fireworks, actually. Okay. And we'll be getting more details on this New Year's event at the Forks at 9.35 this morning when Chelsea Thompson from the Forks North Portage Partnership is here in studio. Now, you, you mentioned for... for us night owls. Did you not say you'll be in bed by nine o'clock? <laughs> okay. I, I, you know Which what? Time, I, like I used to be a night owl in my previous life before I started working early morning. So in my heart, okay. I am a night owl. I am more so than a morning person. That's fair. That's fair. I do find <laughs> that it, whenever I, I, I snap back into weekend mode, it's uh, it is a bit of a shock to the system, and I do have a I can have a hard time staying up late. So yeah, okay, okay. And number three, I think this is something that a lot of people are going to be checking out. I know Kelly Moore said he was going to be doing this. So if you want something low key but you don't want to stay home, go see a movie. Sounds like the perfect option. I actually did this for New Year's one year, and it was just delightful. Uh, there's actually a lot of decent movies playing, like you mentioned earlier at 7.15. There's The Shape of Water, which people say is incredible. Lady Bird, The Greatest Showman with um, Hugh Jackman, whom I love. Uh, Ferdinand for the Family, and of course that new Star Wars movie, which is still doing really, really well. Oh, yeah. So you could go see a movie that starts around 10.30 and then you can start 2018 off engrossed in a captivating story. Or you can go see like a 7 o'clock movie and then get home in time for midnight. And like you mentioned earlier, this is something I plan to do soon. They have the new seats at the at the Landmark Cinemas at Grant Park. Mm-hmm. I'm, you could check those out too. Like though, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Just uh, don't fall asleep. Well, you know, the, so far, everybody I've spoken to has gone. I know Tom Milroy has been. He really liked it. I believe Jeff Courier has tried out the recliners. Greg Mackling tried out the recliners. And Mackling went on a day where he had not had a nap from the morning. <laughs> he was really concerned he wasn't going to make it through the movie. But they all said that they it's fantastic. Lots of room, even for, for big guys, tall guys. I'm hearing rave reviews. And 
and with, and so when I go see Star Wars for, for the second time, I'm going to be seeing it there. And what's really nice about the theater, too, is if you're worried about things selling out, you can actually buy your tickets online. You can choose your seat. I tried to do that with Star Wars The Last Jedi, but for tonight's show at 7 o'clock, but all the best seats were already gone. You don't on, want to sit up at the Wednesday. front? No, I don't want really? to sit up at the front. I just can't. I've tried. I can't. I, I love the front because it's like the movie is just for me. <laughs> Good, well, hey, good for you. I can't. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and my eyes just can't take it, but it's it's too close. I, I just can't absorb the information. I need a little bit of separation between me and the screen. So I couldn't do the, the front row. So I'll just have to wait for another film to go check out the recliners. I'm sure you'll have a, another chance. There will be plenty of opportunities. Shanley Vidal, thank you very much and happy new year to you, Shanley Vidal. Three things for Shanley heard every. Day on the Shadow Davis Show on 680 CJOB after the 8 o'clock news. Brett McGarry of Mackling and McGarry on the Shadow Davis Show on 680 CJOB. Greg Mackling makes his return on Tuesday after a well-deserved week off. And then I'll actually be off Tuesday. We'll be back as Mackling and McGarry on Wednesday. Apple will be lowering the price of replacement batteries Here's Shadow Davis with more on that. Good morning. This whole big Apple slowdown thing isn't over, and there's news now that Apple will be offering discounts on replacement batteries. This whole thing gained traction very quickly last week when it was revealed that Apple was intentionally slowing down older model iPhones. They did admit it themselves last Wednesday, but only after a researcher who spent a few months looking into it revealed the news on Monday. Ooh. Apple felt they had to get out in front of this thing and control the narrative, so they released a statement, and here it is. Our goal is to deliver the best experience for customers, which includes overall performance and prolonging the life of their devices. Lithium-ion batteries become less capable of supplying peak current demands as they age over time, which can result in the device unexpectedly shutting down to protect its electronic components. Last year, we released a feature for iPhone 6, iPhone 6S, and iPhone SE to smooth out, translation, slow down the instantaneous peaks only when needed to prevent the device from unexpectedly shutting down. We've now extended that feature to iPhone 7, iPhone 7 Plus with iOS 11.2 and plan to add support for other products in the future. So they're still going to keep doing this despite the immense backlash and two class action lawsuits filed in Los Angeles and Chicago last week. One of the plaintiffs, Stefan Bogdanovich, says that Apple's decision to slow down older iPhones to preserve battery health was never requested or agreed upon. Unsurprisingly, he also accuses Apple of using this feature as a ploy to push more users to upgrade every year. And it sounds like that to me, too, and a whole bunch of other Apple users, if you believe Twitter. Bogdanovich is seeking damages, payments to affected users, and he also wants Apple to stop the practice altogether. That from the Chicago Sun-Times. The website 925Mac.com did a survey and found 32% of users said they wish Apple had been upfront about this feature instead of sneaking it into the regular iOS releases. Another 28% said they think the move is ill-advised. Not exactly the most scientific poll, I'll admit, but it may just gauge the Apple public's response to this maneuver. And let's face facts. There are Apple people, and then there's everybody else. Apple people are among the most fiercely brand-loyal people on the planet, and that continues to show in survey after survey. But with Apple now backpedaling at least a little bit and offering 
discounts on new batteries. By the way, that'll start next week and continue until the end of 2018. So don't buy one now for $99 when you can buy one next week for $35. Does this reduce your faith in the brand? As an iPhone user, and this is only because of Lisa, who's fiercely loyal to Apple, my first reaction to all this was... That's it! When my contract is up, I'm switching to a Samsung! (laughs) But then you sit back and say, is it really worth spending all that time learning a new product that I'm not familiar with and may not like at all? Maybe I like the Apple better? Will Apple suffer from this even a little bit? Well, their stock did take a bit of a hit last week, but guess what? It's already on the way back up. So, better the devil you know than the devil you don't, right? Back to Brett McGarry. Right on, Shadow. Thank you very much. And also worth noting here, the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus just came out in September 2016. Not really sure how that is classified as old. I mean, I guess in the world of cell phones, technology moves so quickly that a phone that you got two months ago could be considered obsolete already. My LG G6, for example, which I got in the spring. Already LG has released a new version, uh, the V20, I think it's called, uh, rendering this particular phone somewhat obsolete. So, yeah. Apple, though. I'm not, I, I will happily state I'm not an Apple guy, nor will I ever be an Apple guy. Jerry, are you an Apple guy? Heck no. Oh, good for you. What kind of phone do you have? I've got a Galaxy uh, S7. Ah, the S7. Very good. Yeah, I, I, I had to, I was a Samsung Galaxy Note 4 guy before I had this phone, and I was either going to get the Galaxy S8 Plus or the, v, the G6, and I went with the G6 because of its camera. But I kind of wish I had waited to get the Note 8. Not the Note 7, not the Explodey one. Come on! You know I got you! Yeah! One! Break the wall! Break down the wall! I am the greatest of all time. I am the alpha of this business. And I'm going to prove it. Because I'm challenging you, Kenny. Jericho versus Kenny. Alpha versus Omega, January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom 12 in the Tokyo Dome. This is super exciting. As you heard, January 4th in Japan, Wrestle Kingdom with a triple Winnipeg connection. You just heard the voice of Y2J, Chris Jericho. He is headlining the event, taking on another Winnipegger, Kenny Omega. And then Winnipegger Don Callis, a.k.a. Cyrus, is involved. He will be doing color commentary. So we have Chris Jericho on the line right now. Chris, first of all, before we do anything, you probably heard the temperature. Does that, When you hear that, does that make you sad that you don't actually live in Winnipeg anymore? It's a funny thing, and it's, it's one of those things where the, where the grass is always greener or, or the snow is always whiter on the other side because, yeah, I mean, Minus 25 is pretty stiff, but it's like 75 degrees, so probably about 15 or 16 degrees here in Tampa, which sounds like paradise, but you miss the cold. So if you're in the warm, you want the cold. If you're in the cold, you want the warm. So um, I kind of do miss it, especially around this time of year. But uh, after a day or two, I'm ready to come back to Florida. 
Yeah, I I can see that. I I would. I remember I actually went down to Florida for Christmas vacation when I was a teenager, and it was wild to be in warm climate in December. But it felt kind of weird on Christmas Day to look outside and see palm trees and sunshine and beaches instead of snow. So, completely relate to that. <laughs> but hey, uh, this event, this is pretty wild stuff. How did this come about? Yeah, it's pretty crazy when you think about that two Winnipeggers are going to be in the main event at the Tokyo Dome in Japan for the United States Championship. There's a lot of uh, disconnects there. But basically, so uh, a quick history lesson, Kenny Omega uh, from Winnipeg, I believe, I think he's from East Kildonan or something like that, uh, is the biggest star uh, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is the biggest pro wrestling company in the world that's not WWE. Uh, Kenny's been there for years. He's done great for himself. Uh, like I said, he's, he's, he's world-renowned as one of the best uh, in the world right now. So um, Don Tallis, who you mentioned, is the color commentator for Japan, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And throughout last year, the summertime, uh, as we were talking, hey, wouldn't it be funny if it was Omega versus Jericho at the Tokyo Dome? <laughs> and I didn't laugh. I thought, well, that's really interesting. Um, I'm not under contract to WWE. I can do whatever I want. And it's a match that um, in the wrestling world is very similar to McGregor Mayweather in that it's a, a dream match that nobody ever thought could happen because of the two uh, competitors being where they be and, and, and working where they work. And that's one of the reasons why it intrigued me so much. This could never have happened last year. It probably couldn't happen next year. It's this one window of time where Jericho versus Omega could happen. And as a result, it's the most talked about uh, match in the world today, WWE or otherwise. So it's a pretty cool position to be in. Why wouldn't it have been uh, able to happen last year? Well, because I was under contract to WWE. So, um, you know, this is a completely different company. This is Jericho leaving the WWE for the first time in 17 years and, and working in another ring. So, uh, and I've long said that I wouldn't work for anybody else other than Vince McMahon, but this was an opportunity to me that was too big to pass up. Uh, at this stage of the game, I've worked with everybody, I've wrestled everybody. There's really no matches left for me to have um, that to me are, are dream matches, I guess you'd say. And I think for a lot of fans uh, in the world, they felt the same way. And it just much like McGregor Mayweather, as I said, just the announcement of the match alone was enough to create a huge buzz. And then we did a, a, a couple of angles in, in, in Japan a couple of weeks ago, and that just increased the buzz. And now the advanced ticket sales from Tokyo Dome are double what they were last year at this time with a week still to go. So it's really kind of taken off, not just in Japan, but around the world, as, like I said, the, the biggest match in wrestling that you could have at this point in time. Now, Chris, uh, my memory, I'm trying to remember here, Westwood is where you lived when you were in Winnipeg, yeah? Yeah, I grew up, I grew up a Western Collegiate, man, absolutely. No, I, I, as far as I understood, Kenny Omega was from Transcona. If that okay, turns out go. to be yeah. correct, does that, does that add a little bit of extra oomph to this particular rivalry? Well, I mean, it's like I said, it's just not a Winnipeg versus Winnipeg thing. I mean, it's a very local type. We could, we could you know, put the microscope on and make it a Transcona versus St. James. I mean, that's that's a typical Saturday night when I was growing up. We'll meet you at McDonald's and see uh, see who's tougher, you know. Um, but this is on a worldwide standpoint. You've got two of the best wrestlers in the world today 
uh, from two different companies, but we're from the same hometown. And as you know, you come from Winnipeg. I mean, uh, Winnipeg is, is not a big town. And just the fact that you have, like I said, two of us headlining the Tokyo Dome, both of us coming from Winnipeg, also a match that was kind of suggested and, and helped to be put together by Don Callis, also from Winnipeg, a guy that I've known for 25 years, a guy that used to book Kenny when he was an 18-year-old kid, uh, and then smashed that all together with, with the, the boss of New Japan, the booker, being a guy called Gato, who was my old tag team partner in the 90s, uh, when I was looking in Japan, so there's all of these uh, factors that really combined. That, that to me, it was it was almost fate. It was it was destined to happen. And um, like I said, I'm really really proud of the fact that I grew up in Winnipeg, as is Kenny. And here we are, two Winnipeggers headlining the Tokyo Dome. That's a big deal. I and mean, the Tokyo Dome is 55,000 people. It's no joke. Um, and I, I take great pride in the fact. That I'm one of the few people in history that have headlined a WrestleMania and headlined a Tokyo Dome, and here I am doing it with another guy from Winnipeg, from Transcona. Uh, you know, it's just a pretty cool moment, I think, for 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 wrestling for me and and for Winnipegers for sure. Chris Jericho, we have about 90 seconds left here. Just in terms of the of wrestling and how big it is in Japan, uh, am I correct in in saying that the style of wrestling in general in Japan is different than what we might be used to seeing in North America? Well, I mean, everywhere you go around the world is, is a little bit of a different style. I mean, Mexico is different from uh, the States, which is different from Europe, which is different from Japan. But the bottom line is it's still pro wrestling. It's still telling a story. Uh, and the story that Kenny of our have told uh, is very personal. It's very intense. Um, and people buy into that. People buy into personal uh, storylines. And that's what wrestling's all about. So you can talk about different styles. For me at this point, I wrestle Chris Jericho style. I don't have to morph my style into anything because it's very much a combination of Japanese and American and, and Mexican and all these different places because that's where I grew up. And that's nothing with Kenny and I. There's a lot of similarities. I mean, he... He basically spent the early years of his career in Japan and is a big star there, the same way that I was when I was there in the 90s. So, um, yes, there's a little bit of a difference in style. Yes, there's a little bit of difference in in the way the audience reacts and the way that you might perform or or the match that you might want to have. But the bottom line is it's still wrestling and people still get drawn in by the storyline, by the intensity of the match, and by the, uh, the, the tale that you tell them when you're inside the ring. Well, Chris, uh, you are easily one of the all-time greats, and we're proud of everything that you've accomplished, and uh, this is just tremendous. So uh, good luck to you, and have fun while you're over there in Japan. Yeah, like I said, man, it's going to be exciting. If anybody wants to watch, you can check it out at newjapanworld.com. I think January 4th at like 5 or 6 in the morning. So pack yourself a a cup of coffee, wake up early, and uh, check out the two Winnipeggers headlining the Tokyo Dome for the United States Championship. If that's not uh, some irony in there, I don't know what it is. But thanks a lot for having me, and uh, one glad to stay warm, and go Jets! <laughs> go Jets, go indeed. Chris Jericho on his way to Japan, Wrestle Kingdom 12 against Winnipeg's Kenny Omega, two Winnipeggers headlining one of the biggest events on the planet, and this is the biggest wrestling event on the planet right now.
I like beer It makes me a jolly good fellow I like beer This is a segment I'm calling The Beer in Review 2017 with our friends from the Manitoba Brewing Association, Brewers Association, and our friends from Torque Brewing. John Heim is here. He is the president of the Manitoba Brewers Association, as well as president of Torque Brewing. Matt Wolf is here. He's the operations manager from Torque and uh, the, the, the beer boss, the brew boss. You're kind of the, the guy who comes up with all this stuff, right, Matt? I try. I lend a helping hand, that's for sure. Okay. So we're going to talk about Torque stuff in our next segment. But, John, uh, first, of, first of all, welcome back. We haven't talked to you guys in a while. Well, so thank I, you very much for having us. Always a pleasure to be here in the, uh, in the pod. The pod? Yes. Oh, is that what yes. you call the yes, studio? Yes, as we call it, the pod. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it's been a really exciting year for if, if you're a fan of beer, particularly craft beer in Winnipeg. It was really uh, a year of change for you guys. Agreed. I mean, it had been basically an avalanche of new brewers have come online in the last um, uh, year and a half. We're up to 13 craft brewers here in Manitoba, all the way from Nipawa right through to River Heights and St. James, and we're, we're slowly taking over the palates of Manitobans. Yeah, and it's it's starting to pop up. Your 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 restaurants are starting to embrace local beers as well. Uh, I, I see it in almost every restaurant I go to now, and I'm actually it gets to the point now where I'm surprised when I don't see local beer on a menu. Yeah, more and more restaurants are finding they can change their clientele, uh, offer a little bit more of a premium product, support local because a lot of times restaurants are uh, local in Manitoba. And uh, what we've offered now is a uh, an opportunity to have uh, quality local uh, product on the table. A lot of uh, restaurants were left sort of flat-footed almost because of the cooler space required to add kegs and taps. Um, a lot of the craft brewers now are looking at packaging beer, so it, it provides an option for them to offer some something on the table without having to expand. And uh, yeah, so folks are really enjoying it. And you've had uh, some great events. I was at the, the the first annual Winnipeg Beer Fest, which was at Fort Gibraltar. I think was it in August or was I, it July? I believe it was one of those two months. Okay, yeah. sometime but, in yeah, the summer. Fantastic venue, and the weather really cooperated. And if, if I recall, we got there a little bit early to set up, but I think I'd saw some drone shots of the lineup getting in. It snaked all the way into the parking lot. Wow. And people enjoyed the evening. There was a free poutine that night. And it was just a great way for us to, to talk to folks about beer, vote on their favorite beer, mingle, talk about beer, just really... Uh, you know, I, I believe beer was the very first social network, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, it just gets people together. It's often associated with good times, and we were off, uh, available to talk to people, which was really nice. Well, and you, you mentioned uh, with restaurants wanting to, to support local, not just with beer, but in, that's generally a, a, sort of a general movement I've found in Winnipeg, in the, particularly in the last year. People want to support local products. They want to support local business, whether it's food, drink, clothing, whatever. Uh, and uh, craft beer really is kind of, I don't want to say leading the charge, but you're certainly at the fore, I think, for that. Yeah, I mean, I often joke that uh, folks would love to help put a local business uh, person's kid through college rather than buying a third summer home for someone at Big Beer, you know, in the uh, Martha's Vineyard. So you actually see your money back to work in the community, and, you know, people stop us on the street and say, hey, um, love your beer. 
what's next, and we're really excited to be part of it. Well, we'll talk some about some of the things that you have cooking up. You brought us some stuff here. Jerry, they brought beer. <gasps> I'm excited. John Heim, president of the Manitoba Brewers Association and the president of Torque Brewing. Matt Wolf is here from Torque Brewing as well. He's the operations manager and a guy that I, well, I, I, just, I don't, always call him this. I just started calling him this today, the, the brew boss. And uh, Matt... I like the name. You, you've brought us something here called Bumper Shine. Hot off the press, right off the can line, actually, this morning. Really? Yeah, we just finished her up. Well... That is a good sound. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. I've been yeah. up since 1.30 this morning. Uh, so. It's, like it's dinner time for you already. It's cocktail mm-hmm. hour. So you got Bumper Shine right there. That's our winter warmer, actually. It's going to be hitting the shelves oh. next week. What is this? So it's actually, it's a, uh, what we call sort of a higher gravity beer. It's about 8%. Uh, we got uh, molasses in there. We have uh, brown sugar, a lot of roasted malts in there. So you get a really nice sort of heavy bodied mm. beer. Really warms you up from the inside out. Kind of like, you know, you have a little shot of rum, gets your body warm. Yeah. Same idea here. So a nice heavy bodied beer for a really cold day. Kind of like today. Not really feeling it outside, so yeah, it's you're going to be enjoying that. It sort of reminds me of a stout, but not as a... It I doesn't have that are, heavy burn character because yeah. of the molasses and, and the brown sugar. It really sort of plays well with the, the rosa malts that are in there. So you get a really sort of nice sweetness, but again, a nice heavy body to it. Sort of like you're drinking, you know, like a hot toddy or a nice hot chocolate with a little, little, little cream in there, right? Now, the Winter Survival Pack, you've also brought some of those. What's in there, Matt? Oh, so the Winter Survival Pack, that was fun. Uh, this is something John thought of, actually, after our, uh, our wonderful Summer Pack. So the Winter Pack actually has six individual all-new beers for us. Uh, it's got a Stout, it's got a Dunkelweizen, Double IPA, uh, mm. Smoke Coffee Porter. Um, we Heavy. A Wee Heavy and, and, a, and a Wheat Wine. So all really big beers. Again, perfect for the cold weather. Uh, so not one beer is meant for any particular day is just meant to uh, uh, be there for when you need it on a, on a cold day to survive. Now, you guys, I've noticed uh, you're really creative and you're, you're always pumping out new flavors. John, you, you're, you're telling me you want to have a new beer every month this yeah, year or next yeah. year? We challenged the, the, uh, the guys in the back to come up with a production schedule, which allowed a new beer. Um, one of the, what we found with Craft Brewer, not just in Manitoba, but globally, is that what our customers are looking for are approachable beer, different beer, and then a variety of beer on a regular basis to get people more excited. You may have your go-to favorites. We have our four core beer, uh, which you could retreat to uh, at any given time, but it's really nice to get people into our tap room, get people excited about our brand, introduce them to new styles of beer, whether they stick with torque in the long run, that would be great, but if we can introduce them to craft beer and a certain style of beer, they've got lots of choices now. Where is the tap room, by the way, for anybody who wants to pop in? We are at 8.30, King Edward. Okay. And uh, you were telling me about a uh, Russian beer. We've only got about 45 seconds. Yeah. I, you got to mention this. Well, we're going to do a Russian Imperial Stout, which is a heavier, darker beer. Uh-huh. Um, and we decided to call it fake news. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of contextual and got timely. <laughs> and it was we, either that or what was the other name? Collusion. <laughs> I love so. it. I love you guys and the creativity and the the packaging and the beer. It's all wonderful and it's like I said, it's been a great year to be a fan of craft beer and uh, Tor- Torque Brewing has been a big part of that. So, uh, John Heim, president of the Manitoba Brewers Association, and Matt Wolf, operations manager at Torque Brewing. John's also the president at Torque. Their website torquebrewing.beer. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, guys. Thanks again for having us. Happy New Year and Same to you. Yeah, 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 ye
New Year's Eve just around the corner, and there is a family-friendly event happening at, of course, the Forks Wabanisha Insurance Family New Year's Eve. All sorts of activities, and we're to find out what kind of activities. Chelsea Thompson is here from the Forks North Portage Partnership to tell us all about it. Chelsea, welcome to the studio. Hi, good morning. I've spoken to you many times. I'm happy to meet you in person. So thank you very much for making the time to join us today. My pleasure. So what kind of things will be uh, available to participate in at the uh, Family New Year's yeah, Eve? Yeah, we have a selection of indoor and outdoor activities, uh, including outside. We have this fun uh, DJ dance party out at Festival Field. That's where the big skating rink is out by the stage and the Winnipeg sign. Uh, we'll also have local artist Cal Barteski uh, painting on a giant snow canvas, essentially. Uh, we're going to have horse-drawn wagon rides inside the market. There's some really fun activities, craft activities for kids. They can make their own New Year's hat. And then we have some bit more advanced make-your-own-bow ties starting at 9 p.m. and DJs in the market as well. And then we're going to do two sets, uh, sort of like fireworks. We have pyrotechnic show at 8 p.m. for those young families with kids that maybe can't stay up all the way to midnight. So it'll be lots of fun, like sort of pop and sizzle again out of the Winnipeg sign. We're going to set off some fun pyrotechnics right from behind each letter and have some cool things coming at you from the skateboard park. And then, of course, the big fireworks show at midnight. At midnight. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, both ring the, in the new year. And both of those shows are from Archangel Fireworks? You betcha. Okay. So uh, the fireworks go at midnight. How long is the overall party going to go for? Uh, we have the core of activities for the young families from 5 until about 8 o'clock. The pyrotechnics show is sort of the send-off to those younger families. But then we'll have DJs in the market. Of course, the common will be open, pouring local and some great international beers and wines. And then, of course, uh, all the great restaurants inside. So you can sort of have that party feel with the DJs inside the market. And then those um, fun art activities taking place in there. And then Wawanese Insurance is giving away free hot chocolate and popcorn. And they'll also have some fun glow stick things to take outside as well. How long will the, the restaurants and various uh, food uh, establishments be open? Most of them will be open right up until the fireworks at midnight. Okay. And uh, I wanted to ask you, is Croca Curl making a return or is it back already? Yeah. The rink is not quite open yet. They are working on that as well as working on the next leg of the Red River Mutual Trail. We hope to have a section of the trail open. Uh, right now, it's just the rinks in the port. We hope to open the Red River Mutual Trail to Osborne by New Year's Eve, so stay tuned for updates on that. And same thing with Croca Curl. So that rink is under construction as well, and we hope to have that done. And then this year, um, for the first time ever, we're doing our first annual Croca Curl Turn a Spiel. So uh, <laughs> tournament bond spiel combined on the Croca Curl rink, and that'll wow. take place the second weekend in February. How is that work, or how did that work last year with the Croca Curl? Is it just kind of first come, first serve, or did you have to, could you book yeah, time? Yeah, we had sort of the honor system, and most people were pretty honorable, so that worked out pretty well. Um, it was just, we had the rocks in a little case, and you could come open it up, and we sort of asked everyone to restrict their play to about an hour, and for the most part, people were pretty good about that. People policed themselves pretty well, and you just took turns, and really, it was like for everyone. We had... Uh, young children with their grandparents and then, of course, like the young people out late at night, too. So it was great. Now, the River Trail, the, you mentioned that it's just the rinks in around the port. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is, is this 
early for any part of the river trail to be open? There, there's no such thing as normal for the Red River Mutual Trail, so it's always really hard to say. But yes, it is somewhat early. We've been open as early as about December 19th, at least in my uh, recent memory. Um, but um, so before New Year's or around New Year's is a good time to sort of open those port ranks. And then if we can get a few kilometers before January 1st, then that will be a good win for us as well. Now, uh, Ottawa, their 2017 uh, New Year's Eve party has been moved indoors at City Hall because they're, uh, they're expecting some, some cold weather. Is, that, is there any possibility that you'll have to pull the plug on any kind of outdoor activities here? Um, at this time, I don't think so. We've um, gone forward in all kinds of weather conditions. Um, the only thing that I can say that may be pulled, we have some horse-drawn wagon rides, and it may be a little bit too cold for those horses. We'll sort of wait and see and check in with our um, wagon driver, and he'll let us know. Um, but for the most part, I think um, you're close enough to the market building where a lot of the activities are. So if you dress properly, which Manitobans seem to know how to do pretty well, and you just um, take those times to warm up, then I think you'll be fine. And because we have the skating rinks there, you can you know zip out on your skates. We have like a kilometer of on-land trails that are open. They're really beautifully lit, and you can get right from the market building all the way out to that uh, festival rink. And then that way you can skate back inside and warm up. And that's the last few evenings, that's what I've seen people doing. There's still a lot of people out there skating and playing hockey. They're just making sure that they get inside when they start to feel too cold. Well, and this is uh, great. And I've so many times, I think we've all said it, we've all heard it. New Year's Eve is so expensive. I don't want to go out because <laughs> it's expensive. But this is really an affordable alternative, in many cases free. Yeah, absolutely. You for technically families. don't have to spend a dime. You can, yeah, walk on over and take in all of the activities. But, yeah, we sure hope you'll come inside and visit our many great restaurants. That's for sure. Now, I do see something here that, that does cost a little bit. And we're, we're barely anything. Three bucks for kids and seniors, five bucks for adults. That's the Arctic Glacier Winter Park. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? That's actually just skate rentals. Arctic Glacier Winter Park is totally free. So that's the Toboggan Hill, the kilometer of trails on land. Like I mentioned, they're really cool light display, the light tunnel that you can walk through. And then we have two large skating rinks as well. Um, so the $3 for seniors and children and $5 for adults. It's just if you don't have your own pair of skates, we rent them for you. Okay. It's a pretty good rate. And I've been seeing um, a lot of pictures of ice castles or icicle castles or something. Is that mm. the Forks too? Yeah, that's on. That's at the Forks on uh, the Parks Canada land portion. Um, and they're brought in by a third-party company called Ice Castles. Pretty straightforward and easy to find. Uh, and they are set to open January 5th, just announced yesterday. Oh, neat. So all kinds of stuff happening, though. It's the Wabanisa Insurance Family New Year's Eve at the Forks. And again, two fireworks shows. There's a pyrotechnics show at 8 o'clock from Archangel Fireworks and then the full-blown fireworks show happening at midnight. And where if uh, people are interested in going and they want to get a list of... Like, I've got a nice list here, which is mm -hmm. handy, but where where can people find this list? We have things? the full lineup, including all sorts of indoor and outdoor activities on theforks.com. Theforks.com. How simple is that? Chelsea Thompson, Manager of Marketing and Communications for the Forks North Portage Partnership. Thanks for coming in today to tell us about this. Thanks for having me. Behind the Glass, Jerry, Shanley Vidal, Happy New Year. I'm Brett McGarry wishing you a happy new year on 680 CJOB.
The Start On Demand is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.